0: Hey everyone, we appreciate you listening. We'll get into the show in a bit, but just want to mention, go check out our Twitter page, at Midcourt Madness for all of our show updates, as well as some breaking news tweets. Also, check out our website where we post all of our writing at midcourtmanus.wordpress.com Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, the season has officially started, and the Champions Classic is in the books, as Duke takes down Kentucky and Kansas takes down Michigan State. But, you know, there's so many more games we have to recap big, so let's get right into it. All right, Biggs, like I said, the Champions Classic is in the books. Um, Coach K has coached his final game at Madison Square Garden, which I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Biggs. This is his final season. He's retiring after this season.
1: Whoa, I just got over the shell shock of that. I cannot believe he would just do this out of the blue like that. Um, that is, that is mind blowing. Do you know that the next game Duke plays will be Duke's, will be, will be coach K's final second game of the season of his career. Yeah. He's going to have the last, the last time he ever plays a second game of the season will be the next game. Duke plays, uh, huge stuff, just huge stuff. We have to cover it. It has to be, it has to be mentioned at all times. Did you see the, 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 the halftime of the, uh, I think it was the Duke Kentucky game on Tuesday. They had like a Zoom call where it's like Coach Cal, uh, Bill Self, and Izzo just all sitting there waxing poetic about about Coach K, Coach K talking about him. It's like the only thing. Why do they force? Why do they force these people to do this?
0: Biggs, It's going to be nauseating this year. And I was thinking about this. You know what? I would compare Coach K's farewell tour to Derek Jeters or Kobe Bryant's. I mean, I'm I'm like really thinking way out in the weeds here. You're not going to guess this. So I'll just right. say it. Okay. I would compare it to wedding pictures. Okay. You have my attention. Okay. Yeah. You're very confused right now. So yeah. no, I've, I've, I've been to a few weddings. I've taken some pictures. I've been in one wedding, your wedding. In fact, thank good you. Good times. Man. Yes, it was a good time. And you know, after the ceremony, if you remember, there's all these pictures you have to take, and I'm sure it happens at every wedding. But, you know, you, you have to have every combination of person imaginable. You have to have the bride with, you know, bride's person A and then bride with bride's person B and then bridesmaid C. But then you have to have the bride and bride bridesmaid A and C and then B and C and then A, B and C and A and And then that. you're
1: not even talking about the groomsman with the bride. Exactly.
0: OK, yeah. And then you get, into, like, say, the family shots, you know. You know, your your wife has quite the extensive family, and you have to have like every single sibling and every single combination imaginable.
1: Yeah. That's going to be a year. funny picture.
0: That's going to be this year. So it's basically going to be, for example, ACC kicks off and they're playing, I don't know, Miami on the road. And it's going to be his final game there. And they're going to have to interview Jim Laranega and ask, Oh, how has he impacted your life? Right. Oh, but then next, the, the week following that, he goes to Georgia Tech, maybe. Oh, how has he impacted Josh Passner's life, right? How has he impacted the assistant coaches, the trainer, maybe? I don't know. It's just going to be like that all season long.
1: The 11th man at Georgia Tech. How did he impact that kid's life? Exactly.
0: Exactly. That's all he he doesn't even
1: know that kid's name. (laughs) (laughs)
0: So, yeah, it's going to be nauseating. So, I mean, the worst of it is not over. Um, It's going to go on for years.
1: I got a good kick out of. uh... We we continue to give these guys pub. I am um, college basketball. Parrish and Norlander are talking about this. And Parrish makes some sort of comment about Coach K. And he says, I'm sure, I'm sure Mike didn't want the attention. <laughs> 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 anyway, how about the game Tuesday? What did you think about that?
0: Uh, honestly, the game was – I thought it was very good. You know, Apollo – Monchero, which I'm sticking to Monchero. I, Sounds good to me. i, I I'm to with you.
1: Panteros, which... Which well, I just
0: had, by the way. It was very yeah, good. I, good. I had time. a burrito bowl.
1: About Bo- Bo- lunchtime here, I can go for Yeah. That. Oof.
0: Um, you know, he was as advertised. Um, very good. He's got, you know, guard skills. He's got it all. Um, the player I was almost more impressed with, though, was Trevor Keels, who is, you know, a guard for them. Um, a good size guard. You know, I'm watching the game, and I see... A guy on Duke wearing number one, who's good size. You know who I think of? Zion. Exactly, and like he's not quite Zion size, especially now. But he <laughs> yeah. he he is
1: close. Yeah, he's large. I mean, the kid yeah. is the kid is what six five, six four, six five, but he's probably about 220, 225. I mean, he is a he is a big guard, and 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 with the small ballization of college basketball, really basketball in general, I mean, teams are just getting smaller and smaller, right? And Kentucky. You look at what look at Kentucky's kids out on the floor. I mean, there were a lot of times where they were playing severe Wheeler, Ty well, Ty Washington, I was just gonna say, and Ty Ty. Ty Ty would
0: be matched up on keels from time to time, and it was no match.
1: Yeah, I mean, you talk. I mean, they have Kellen Grady, and yeah. and when C J Frederick comes back, he he plays on the wing. I mean, they don't have a big guard. All those guys are small. Kellen Grady's the biggest one at six five, and he's what, a buck 90? I mean, he's, a, yep. he's not – they don't have a kid that is big and physical. And, I mean, Trevor – I mean, there aren't a lot of teams that do. A lot of teams play two-point guards, right? I mean, yep. shooting guards around college basketball now are probably – you know, if you can get a 6'3 shooting guard, you, you've got good size there. I mean, there just aren't a lot of 6'5", 6'6", 6'7 wings. I mean, Duke is a big – a big team. They've got, got a lot of, they've turned into North Carolina. They've got a lot of size, not only up front. I mean, we focus a lot on Ben Banchero and, and Mark Williams up front and Theo John played a ton too, but their guards are big. I mean, Wendell Moore's a good size wing and, and Keels is, I mean, he's massive out there. He's, he's a mismatch for a lot of kids inside.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you talk about Theo John, he provided some very good meds for them. Um, A.J. Griffin, who we talked about coming back from injury, didn't play a ton, only had two points. Um, Yeah, Theo John was sort of required to play some. Like, what was up with all the cramping? And I'm going to take it further and probably overreact, mostly because it's Duke. Do we need a full-scale investigation? Because, you know, what goes along with cramps? Lack of hydration. Lack of hydration. So is Coach K withholding fluids – from his player during games and practices you know these questions need to be asked
1: I mean probably he probably hears all the hype about Banchero and he's probably thinking like wait a minute this is my season this isn't Paulo Banchero's season like this is my last season um people should be talking about me not you um cramp bitch you don't get water <laughs> exactly <laughs> so
0: call social services on that one um yeah. let's see let's go over to Kentucky though you know they kept it close most of the game, but at the same time, it didn't seem like they were going to win, if that makes sense.
1: 100%. I felt, I felt the exact same way. It just never felt like, even in the first half where, where Billis could not stop talking about how great the fight was from Kentucky. Oh, man, they just had so much fight. You know, They just hung in there. It did just feel like that run was coming, where Duke yep. was just going to go on a, a 10-2 run, 12-4 run, some sort of run to separate themselves. And Kentucky just didn't quite have the juice. You know? and You do wonder about... I, st- I still think this Kentucky team is going to be really good because they've got, they've got a lot of pieces. Um, I thought they would have more, though. I really thought the depth for them would be better. And they played Severe Wheeler, I think, 39 minutes. I mean, he played basically the yeah. whole game. Yeah. Part of that was Ty Ty Washington was just completely – he was a dud in, in game one. I mean, I, yeah. I, and I, the hype on him is for real. You know, there, there a lot of people think he's going to be special. Uh, sure struggled Tuesday night. Yeah. I mean, first college basketball game did not go well for him. Uh, it was complete opposite of what Keels and, and Benchero experienced. He took a lot of bad shots. He forced a lot of stuff. He was uh, overmatched on the defensive end of the floor. And, and Kentucky just doesn't have – I think they do have a decent amount of talent, but they don't – they need him to be a dynamic kind of game-breaker type of guy because Wheeler's a good player, um, but he had seven turnovers. I think too much volume for him is going to – He also wasn't
0: efficient. He wasn't efficient. Oh. No,
1: he, he wasn't. I mean, he's small. He's a oh, little kid. I mean, when he gets into the paint, he, he has a hard time. I mean, the most it's- impressive guy by far was was Oscar Shibway. He was he might have been the best player on the floor, Um, you know, with the exception of those two freshmen. I mean, he was a monster.
0: Yeah, and, you know, it's not very often you have two guys who are – like Sevier Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington are both very not tall. And it's not very often you have two guys on the floor at the same time, and they're going to be doing that a lot. They might um, do may- three of that. Damian Mintz yeah. is
1: gonna play a lot. To, that's the thing about Kentucky this year is they're yeah. small.
0: Yeah. And then uh She you know, like you talked about, he was a beast. Seventeen points, nineteen rebounds. Um he was I don't he was just massive out there. He's a grown and man. Then, yeah. And then it's weird. I'm looking at the box score here, and it seemed like every time I looked up, and like if there's a point where Kentucky was about to score, it was always Kellen Grady. But then I look here, and he he only he only has nine points. I I would have guessed more than that. It, three threes. So I, must, I must just had great timing and you know been looking up at the screen whenever he scored. Well, um, I think that was
1: all he did. You didn't. I, I, that was another thing I was surprised by is that Grady. It just seems like he was relegated to just kind of a standstill three point shooter type, and they didn't really mm-hmm. get him the ball much. I do wonder if I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's a guy that halfway through the season, the way he plays off the ball. Kentucky always seems to have a two-guard that's awesome, running off screens, off of pin downs and stuff like that. And, and that might just be a guy that you have to get used to playing with. Yeah. You know, those guys who play off the ball, they need that feel, right? It's not, it's not like a ball-dominant. Severe Wheeler can come in and he starts dribbling and he's good. He's got the basketball in his hands and, and he's just kind of reading the game. Kellen Grady needs to know how guys are screening for him and and guys screening for him need to know where he's going to cut and how he's going to move and guys getting him the ball need to know where he's going to be. So there's a lot more kind of tethered to how he plays based on how how his teammates kind of interact with him. I do think he'll eventually pick it up, but I I guess I was expecting more in the moment. And and so, yeah, him only taking a handful of shots was like, Hey, where's Kellen Grady? This guy scored a ton in college.
0: Yep. See, I just put a cap on a Duke. They're going to be very good this year. I think they have, you know, great big men great guards and like even the guards have a lot of size it's gonna be tough for teams to compete with them this year
1: yeah I just think they're gonna physically overwhelm a lot of people they're they're gonna run into nights where when they get got it's because I mean you saw the Assad on Tuesday they shot one of I think 13 from the three-point line they still ended up winning but there's gonna be games where they might settle for a lot more threes night where they take maybe 27 of them and they hit like four right. you know I, I don't think they shoot it all that well and that that question wasn't I think that question was answered, and it's not a great answer. I don't think they shoot it well. Teams are going to have to pack the paint against them, yeah. but they've turned into they've turned into like an AAU team over the last three, four, five years, where they're what Kentucky used to be in that they just overwhelm people. They they need to their best offense is when they can force turnovers or get out in transition and score. Yeah. Um, when they get in the half court, I think they can get stuck in the mud a little bit. Outside of relying on, I mean, if Banchero and Keels are able to do. Close to what they did Tuesday night, and Keel's ain't going to average twenty five a game. But mm-hmm. if those two guys can be kind of catalysts on the in the half court on the offensive end, yeah, they're, they're going to win a lot of games. Yeah, you're right. I, I, that's unfortunate. I think Duke's going to be really good. It sucks.
0: Yep. Uh, so let's toss toss it over to the other game for the Champions Classic, and this one I seemed like was even more so. Never in doubt. Um, you know, Kansas. You know, I think the story coming in for Kansas this year was. Who's the guy? They have all this talent, but who's the guy? And Oshaya baji laid claim to that right away. Um, 29 points on 17 sh- shots. And yeah. it seems to be almost par for the course, Bigs on Kansas. They always have, and I think of Frank Mason, I think of Devontae Graham. They always have, seem to have these guys who throughout their career are the Jay Billis good, not great players, right? Yeah. Well, and then it gets like there's their last season in college, and all of a sudden, they're national player of the year candidates. Do you do you think Abaji could have a year like that this year?
1: Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, that's you say that like that is some sort of unknown. Like that's some sort of like new concept that guys start out okay. And then by the time they're upperclassmen, they they finally break out. And but it's Can, my point my point is Kansas has two of
0: those in the past, you know, six yeah. seven years.
1: I mean, they had even. I mean, Wayne Seldon was kind of in that mix where he wasn't a national player of the year type, like those two guys. But he was like a four or five star guy who came in. I think the year with like Wiggins and Embiid and was kind of an afterthought. And then he turned into a. He was a junior, and he and he averaged like fifteen or seventeen a game, and, and was a really good player too. So. It's just, it's weird that you see that at Kansas, right? It's a blue blood. You think they should yeah. be getting guys who are one and two year guys and then they're out the door. And Abaji is, he's a senior now. And it looks like the, the, Abaji's always looked the part. Even when he was a freshman, I mean, he just looked like a guy where you watch him play and you're like, this guy's going to be a stud, you know? And, and he had a little bit, he had more moments like that as a sophomore and then more moments like that as a junior. And if he plays the way he did last night, which was the, someone described it basically as the complete game. Like he's always been a pretty good three point shooter. He's always been a very good defender Uh, last night, though. He wasn't settling for so many threes. He's so smooth that I think getting three point shots is just so easy for him that he, that he does it a lot last night. I think he, or on Tuesday, I keep saying last night, Tuesday night, he, he attacked and he drew, I think seven or eight fouls. He got to the free throw line a bunch. If he does that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, he can, he can be a 20 point a game guy and, and Kansas is going to be good enough where he's going to get national player of the year pub. I mean, he was he was awesome, and I think that's always been kind of the complaint with him is he just he settles for too many jump shots. He is he's six six and mean, he's two hundred and something pounds. I mean he's one of the most athletic kids on the floor. There's no reason he can't start getting to the paint, getting to the free throw line more often, and and turning fourteen points a game into into nineteen points a game because he gets to the free throw line six seven times, right? Yep.
0: Yeah, and then you know their uh, sort of second fiddle was Remmy Martin who didn't score anything in the first half but then has fifteen points in the second half. Um, you had tweeted about McCormick early on in the game and just being you know, a black hole in the middle, like you know, taking bad shots and everything. Um, and I know, is there anything you want to add to this game? We can get into Michigan State. I didn't
1: really have eyes on this game as much just because North Carolina was playing out, uh, at the same time. Yeah, I just think, I think, I mean, Remy Martin, I think the 15 points a game in the second half just kind of showed you what he's capable of. I don't think he's going to, he's not going to be their go-to guy. I don't think he's going to average 19 points a game like he did at Arizona State, but I mean he's he's definitely got kind of that bucket getter ability, which is something that Kansas just hasn't had the last three four years. I mean they've been as good as they've been, they haven't had they've their offense gets stuck in the mud because they don't have necessarily a guy like you know for his for his inefficiencies, Remy Martin at the end of the shot clock, one of the better players in the country when it comes to just generating a, a makeable shot, and I think you saw that. On Tuesday night, I mean, he's a guy who can he can he can be he can be out of it completely, and then all of a sudden he gets 15 in the second half. I mean, it looked good, you know. If he has the right mindset, which it sounded like after the after the game, I mean, you know, he was saying like, "I didn't come here to score 20 a game and be an all-American. I came here to win." So, if he's able to integrate into that kind of role, I mean, boy, he, he it was impressive. And I mean, I think what we maybe underestimated with Kansas is. They got a lot of depth. I mean, they really yeah, they have a ton of depth. I mean, we spent all offseason kind of talking about Joseph Yasufu yeah, being yeah. A, being an impact guy. He didn't even really play much, and they still played eight or nine or ten guys. I mean, they have Dewan Harris, who has always been kind of a spark plug defensive point guard, and you know, you're talking they're missing Jalen Wilson, who's another guy who can be kind of an all big 12, 14 8 type of guy. Uh, they they look good last night. And I know Michigan State's down, but yep, you, can't, yep. you know. People kind of forget all the, all the Coach K stuff kind of cancels out all this Kansas. But Kansas ranked in the top five in the country. They might be the best team in the country.
0: Yeah. And then on the Michigan State side of things, Biggs, um, you know, Marcus Bingham and Gabe Brown paced the team. Uh, actually, no, A.J. Hoggard had 17 points on 13 shots. Um, Max Christie, though, who is their highly touted freshman, um, you know, it's his first game, but, you know, nine points on 10 shots. Didn't play the greatest. And I know I think Tom is still very, very high on him. Obviously, he's his coach, but I I think it'll get better from there for him. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I would assume so. I mean, I, I, we've been we've been conditioned during these Champions Classic games. We see guys like uh, you know like Zion and RJ Barrett and the Duke kids the other night, where we 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 think it's it's like if you if you struggle like Christy did or like Ty Ty Washington, it's like oh you suck, yeah, you know. And it's just like well wait. He's he's never played college basketball before. They're playing against. I mean, Christie's playing against one of the five best teams in the country. Going against Oshaya Baji, you know, and Dwan Harris, and all these guys who have played. These guys are twenty two years old, you know. So, yeah, I think he's going to be fine. They they need they need more from him, obviously. I mean, Michigan State. They just they, we were we were wondering who's going to be the guy for Kansas. I mean, who's Michigan State's best player? It seems like that's team that team's just got a bunch of, a bunch of okay guys, don't they? Yeah.
0: No, I agree. And then one thing I just noticed is you know, Tyson Walker, the transfer from Northwestern, or is it Northeastern? Is it Eastern or Western? Eastern. Eastern, so it's North-Left. Got it. No, North-Right.
1: North. North, right. yep. Right, yeah. Yep. North-Right. North
0: um, yes. He only attempted three shots all game. That's all I have to say. How yeah, in, that? He,
1: was in, well, I mean, he was in foul trouble, and that's another thing that we kind of he overlooked. Still had 20, like
0: he, he still had 20 minutes, though. Yeah,
1: yeah. Maybe getting getting off shots, I suppose, when you're yeah. playing a uh, playing at Northeastern, maybe the guys defending you are a little easier to get shots up against than uh, than some of the guys playing at Kansas, or you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he 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 was definitely underwhelming too. You know, if if you're looking for a bright spot, it was that AJ Holgard came off the bench for them, yeah. and I think had 17 off the bench, and he looked like a great spark for them. Um, you know, Gabe Brown is whatever. Talk, uh, the big man Bingham, he looked okay. I think they've just got a lot of you know who would look really good in a Michigan State jersey right now is Amani Bates. They yeah. they need kind of a they need kind of an alpha scorer type because they got. Did you
0: see that the him getting away with travels? It's like like he did the whole catch it on in like the short corner and without taking a dribble as he's behind the three point line. It's
1: absurd. He's he's it.
0: pivoting around. He, he's ready for the NBA.
1: Yeah, the NBA, the NBAification of uh, of college hoops is is getting frustrating. I'm with Mark Titus on this. I, I it's absurd to me. I don't know. I don't. I can't tell if he's actually joking about it or he actually dislikes it. I legitimately dislike it. I think it's really stupid. Um, yep. I don't like the NBA because of some of the bullshit travel. It's not basketball. Right. I, I like watching basketball. These guys are good enough that they can actually do basketball things well. Yep. you know what I mean. Like they don't need to. You don't need to travel if you're that good. Um, we are
0: basketball. Is it purist? Is that the correct term? Am I using that correctly? I would say I'm very. Yeah, pure. We, yeah. We we like the fundamentals. We like the rules. Um, we like charge calls. We like
1: boxing out. We like setting screens and running off screens.
0: That yeah, is the basketball.
1: Beauty, yeah, the. I mean, it's it's simple. That doesn't mean I don't like slam dunks. It doesn't mean I don't like three pointers and fast pace. But I want to see actual basketball. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's not. I don't want to watch WWE. Basketball. Yeah. I want to watch real basketball. Exactly. So sorry if that makes me an old man screaming, "Get off my lawn." um That's just the way I feel. You know, is there, is there, it is is there, what there clouds it, outside? Is there clouds where you are? Uh, it's really cloudy, actually, down here. Okay. Really windy, Perfect. really cloudy. Yeah. Boy, very it's, opportunistic. It's, yeah, those clouds are looking real ominous. um <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, we got to get away. We got to get on board with it because that's one of the things. I mean, we didn't really talk much about some of the rule changes in recent weeks, at least that we've talked about, I mean, they're going to be more lax with some of these things. So I guess we better just get used to it. Cause they're going to start allowing this stuff because they want quote unquote freedom of movement. And we want to be as much like the NBA as we possibly can be. And yeah, um, awesome. So, yeah. All right, Biggs. What's another game you watch that you want to talk about? Um, the, the the only game really of note on Wednesday night there, there were like there were like 200 games on Tuesday night basically and mm-hmm. we only pay attention to to a couple of them because that's all ESPN cares about is Duke yep. but on Wednesday night oh uh, I had more than I had three screens going bigs so it was amazing on Tuesday
0: night brilliant brilliant yeah.
1: um we can get into a few more of those but I think the game Wednesday night of note was Michigan beating Buffalo uh, Michigan yes, I, looked like a-
0: I wanted to watch that but unfortunately my city league team was you know, having a 30-point victory in our first game yesterday. Let's so go! No, no, no big deal or anything, but oh, go on. It's it good. You know, your boy that you told us about to get um, initials, JH. Yeah. He, he's stud. a good guy. He's good. He's a stud. Yes. yes. Yeah. I was very impressed, but go on.
1: He's just, he's a—he's kind of like you, a little longer, a little ganglier, but he, he just kind of makes winning plays. I, I, t- I told him when I met him,
0: I was like, you know, Biggs says good things about you. And I don't know if he didn't hear me or if he didn't want to respond. He said
1: nothing to that. <laughs> he probably doesn't even know who Biggs is. He's probably like, ooh, what? What is that? Battery, I mean, yeah. he's a young child, so maybe he's just sleep-deprived. I don't know. It could be. Anyways, Michigan Let's Michigan just assume he doesn't up. know who I am. Okay. Yeah, Michigan look good. I mean, Michigan looks very much, I think, five minutes into the game when they're up by a bunch, I think I saw Jeff Goodman saying, I'm ready to give Michigan the national title. It's like, hey, maybe we should let the entire game happen first. I, I know that's not really cool if you're a media person. You need to be first everything, but um, – Michigan looks good, and I came away. I came away with a really super boring take, in that I think Michigan's really good, and I think Buffalo's going to have a really good year too. Um, mm-hmm. So go ahead and pick that apart. Uh, your guy Jonathan Williams might have been the best player on the floor.
0: Wait, who's that? I don't understand that first name.
1: Jonathan. G- I don't understand that first name. It's like Jonathan, but but, but <laughs> instead, he's a, he's Buffalo swingman. He's he's maybe one of the best players. He's he's one of the best players in the country when it comes to like the mid major level. I mean, he, yep. he's he's really solid. He had a really nice game in terms of – I I honestly had never really seen him play either, so I was really impressed with just – he's smooth on the wing. I mean, he's 6'5", and he's probably 200-and-something pounds. I mean, he's big and physical and athletic and got good handle. Uh, got to the paint, knocked down a couple threes, got to the free throw line a bunch. He, he just kind of did it in every which way against everybody Michigan wanted to throw at him. Definitely looked like a kid who was a senior going against, you know, a bunch of freshmen who he, he probably could have transferred up if he wanted to. Um, But I think that Buffalo team is going to be solid. We ran into a team that, I mean, Michigan's got national championship kind of expectations, and and I think they've got the pieces to do it. You know, we were talking about, we've given Michigan a bunch of credit. We're just kind of assuming, you know, we know the pieces on the front end, right? We know about Hunter Dickinson. We know about Eli Brooks coming in. We know about kind of the three, four, the five-star freshmen that they've brought in with Caleb Houston and and Diabate. Um, You and I, I think, we're both kind of assuming like, there's other guys working behind the scenes that are probably getting better. I bet you there's pieces in there that just didn't get a chance to play, um, and some of those guys showed themselves last night. I mean they they had they had some guys last night. And Terrence Williams off the bench was a was a was a big athletic wing who I think had like 12 or 14 points. Really good defense late in the game. Um, they've got some they've got some interesting depth pieces. I think there's even more to Michigan than we thought.
0: Yeah, and I'm just gonna attempt to do to uh, piggyback on your recap just by looking at the box score here. And I see Hunter Dickinson, twenty-seven points on seventeen attempts. That's still doesn't
1: still doesn't have a uh, a left shot anything other than that. that, that Not that I saw. Oh my gosh. Um,
0: let's see. Caleb Houston, eleven points. Eli Brooks, eleven points on seven and eight attempts uh, respectively. Um, for Buffalo, sort of their second fiddle. Ronaldo is it Ronaldo Segu? Um, Yeah, he had fifteen points, but you know it took him fifteen shots to get there. Not very efficient. Um, so that has to be better, but then um, right. the third
1: guy, Josh Mbala, thirteen points on seven shots—that's very good, also.
0: So he's, he's going to
1: be their second guy. Mbala yeah. averaged a double double okay. last year. He was like a sixteen and ten guy. I mean, okay. you look at—you know—he's going against Dickinson, and uh, uh, who's the other big guy that, that Michigan's got? Uh, Brandon Johns. You know, some of those guys is a different animal than when you're playing in the MAC. So I wouldn't be surprised if if uh, if Mabala and Jenathan and, and Williams are, are are doing work, and then uh, Buffalo's got another guy in. Um, Macy O'Jack, who's a transfer from George Washington. So Not they, like they name, like, though. Yeah, he didn't. He struggled. He went two, I think he yeah. went two of eleven or two of twelve from yeah. the field. So really it was Jonathan Williams and Friends last night, but I came away still thinking I think that Buffalo team's gonna be it's gonna be them in Ohio, who we can talk about here in a little bit. But but yep. for, for now, let's keep it on Michigan. I wouldn't be surprised if when you look up halfway through the year, Michigan's box score, it. I do this a lot. It's kind of Florida. I think it's going to be maybe a little Florida statey where I think Dickinson, they'll have one guy in Dickinson who I bet you averages 16 to 20 a game. And then I wouldn't be surprised if they've got another, like from guy two through eight, it's like 12, 11, nine, seven and a half, seven and a half. They've got a lot of guys. So, you know, you said Houston had 11, Eli Brooks had 11. I just don't think any of these guys are going to take a ton of shots, you know, because they've got so many guys that, that are capable. Brandon Johns one night, it's going to go six of six and get 14 points. And on that night, Eli Brooks is probably going to take three shots and score five, you know, and, and it's all going to average out where, you know, the guys average seven and a half points and they end up just kind of dominant. They're going to pile up a ton of wins without, it's not going to be like Duke where they have like three guys averaging 15 plus, and it's going to be really sexy in the box score. But, but I think they're going to rack up a ton of wins.
0: Yep. And then, yeah, just to add on, um, you know, in no way is this game a poor reflection upon Buffalo. They played a top 10 team very well all game. So definitely a good team. Definitely a team where, you know, you get your bracket in middle mid March and you see them as, you know, an 11 seed or a 12 seed. Think about pulling the trigger on that upset pick. Um, but that's way off in the future. I don't know why I'm talking about March Madness already. Maybe it's because I'm so excited for it. I know. <laughs> um, and then the game you alluded to just a bit ago, we can get in that one. Um, You know, I talked about during conference previous season how Ohio, I thought, was going to take a step back because Jason Preston was gone, you know, their star from a year ago. Boy, was I wrong. And they beat one of the better mid-majors this year in Belmont, um, paced by Mark Sears, 27 points on 11 field goals. That's pretty good.
1: That's uh, that's making them count, yeah.
0: And, you know, just overall, Ohio shoots 48% from field, 43% from three-point line and 83% from the free throw line. So, all very good statistics for them. Um on the other side of it for Belmont's, you know, they're really just paced by Ben Shepard and Musinski, which is par for the course for them. And they actually like they didn't shoot, like they scored 80 points. It's <laughs> not any offensive issues for them. Um shooting 46% from the field, 34% from 3. Like I think they just got Ohio on a good night or a bad night
1: depending on your outlook yeah I mean Ohio went 16 of 37 for the three-point line I mean you you, you shoot that high a volume from the three-point line and you knock down that many I mean, yeah you're right scoring 80 points I mean Belmont's going to have no problems offensively the issue last year for them which ultimately was kind of their undoing
0: now biggs we had some technical difficulties there your internet went out please get better internet but continue
1: on with what you're saying about Ohio Oh, John, let me let me try to recapture that magic because I tell you what, in the time where I lost internet, I don't know if I've ever podcasted at a higher level. That was by far the best that I've ever done. I, so, for those of you reviewing our podcast,
0: take that in, into consideration that you know his best podcasting is not even on here.
1: So, I, I had far that. and away my best ever takes. I, I don't know if I can do it again. It's kind of like the equivalent of like. Um, it's like a like a 15 seed versus a two seed when you play like the best half of basketball you've ever played. You've knocked down every shot. You haven't turned the ball over. You've played amazing defense, and 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 you just you just don't have it. You you only have so many bullets in that proverbial chamber. We'll see yeah. if I have a couple more bullets left to, to finish with this podcast. Because
0: yes, whoa,
1: I hope so. I I expended some really good positive basketball talk energy. Um, Belmont in Ohio. Uh, yes. I think they're still going to be two of the better mid-major teams in the country. I mean, Belmont playing in Ohio, I just think, I think the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway from that is that I think Ohio and Buffalo on back-to-back nights kind of showed themselves as they're the two front runners in the Mac. It sucks that only one of those teams gets to make the national, the, you know, the, the tournament, but you know, those mid-major teams they're, that that's, that's going to be their championship. Those two teams I think are on a collision course um, and everybody else is kind of chasing them. I, I think both teams are legit, and I think Ohio, I, I think the the belief that a lack of Jason Preston means that they're going to take a big step back uh, is an overblown one. I think they're going to be really, really solid still. They've got a lot of pieces. Jason Carter is a boomerang transfer back. He started at, at Ohio before transferring to Xavier, uh, and now he's back. And he had 20 points, and I think he had a double-double maybe in that game, and he's going to be a stud. I think Belmont's going to be really good, too. I think they're going to be the best team. They're the best team still on paper in their conference as well. Um, if anything, this loss is just unfortunate from a standpoint that you know they only have so many opportunities to pick up quality kind of non-conference wins. Yep. They're going to have a few more, though. I think they're in a pretty good tournament here coming up around Thanksgiving. So you know, we'll see more of Belmont. I don't, I don't know how much more of Ohio we'll get to see, but you know, it's always fun when, when two teams who are in the small school variety go head-to-head. Yeah, that wasn't right. as good. That wasn't as good. I, I didn't ah. have as well. but you know, I'm gonna give myself like a B minus on that. Boy, it was okay. A plus earlier though.
0: Not, nothing wrong with a little self reflection though. Um, let's. I'm just gonna go over some. You know, I'm gonna. Here's what I'm gonna do. We had some near upsets. Biggs. Now, yeah. th- And the three that come to mind. Ohio State needed a put, put back at the end to beat Akron. Um, Arkansas. They pulled away late, but they definitely needed like they. Were, it, that second half was close against Mercer, and then Houston, who's a Final Four team from a year ago, needed overtime to beat Hofstra. Now, my question is, which one should we be should we be most concerned
1: about? Hmm, which one should we be most concerned about? I think, I think from an expectation standpoint, I expect the most out of Arkansas. At least I, I did. I probably still do. I guess one game, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be a coward and run away from my expectations after one game. I mean, I think at some point you have to acknowledge the evidence that's in front of you. I think it'd be very closed-minded not to, and we we don't like closed-minded people. Um, I would say Arkansas is the one that I guess I'm most worried about after one half of basketball because I think that – I thought they're going to be one of the best teams in the country, and, and I think they still have the pieces to do it. I will say I'm a little worried. Listening to uh, listening to the, the three-man weave guys, their, their kind of breakdown on Arkansas kind of opened my eyes to some things where – I do think their offense is going to be fine, but I, I do worry a little bit, and they brought this up, that I don't know if their defense is going to be quite as good. And that was something that I thought when we were talking about Alabama. I think their defense is going to take us a big step back. I don't really think about it as much with Arkansas. If their defense takes a big step back, then then I am a little bit worried. I think they can score, but we'll see. Last The other night, I mean, they had basically two guys do all the scoring. It was Adish Tony and uh, and uh, who was the uh, J.D. Note. Yep. Two guys basically did all their scoring, um, and Chris Likes came off the bench and ha- had a pretty productive night too. So it's kind of three guys. They're going to need more from some of those other pieces. Yeah. If, if Jalen Williams can't, if Jalen Williams can't stay on the floor, they're going to be really really small. Because I don't think Connor Vanover is like a like a starting caliber big. I mean, he's like seven three and he's kind of fun just because he's he enormous. didn't play. He didn't. Play. Yeah, he didn't even play. They need Jalen Williams to take a big sophomore jump as a big guy because otherwise they're going to be playing really small. And if their defense doesn't have even a, even a big man, like they're, they're going to be in trouble on that end of the floor and they're going to have to win shootouts. Um, Ohio state. I don't know. I guess that one, that one concerns me a little bit just from the standpoint that it's like none of their guards pop and it's going to be yeah. EJ Liddell and friends. And, yeah. and I think Eli, as good as EJ Liddell is, you need, you need somebody on the perimeter generating some points. Houston. I don't know. I think Hofstra is probably the best of those mid-major teams. So I think Hofstra I think Houston will be fine and and I trust Kelvin Sampson to get Houston to a passable level. Plus they're not playing in the Big Ten or the SEC where they'll be able to they'll have more kind of quote unquote get right opportunities. You know what I mean? Like in the Big Ten, there are not a lot of get right opportunities for Ohio State. If they're in a funk, boy, that funk just that that can turn into a spiral. You know, in Arkansas too, the SEC I think is is a lot better. So I think Houston's got a good chance still to contend. Maybe they're not as good as we thought in in, in comparison to the rest of the country. I still think in the American, though, they're a top four team or a top three team or whatever. So I don't know. The biggest team I think we should probably be. How about you? What, do you? what do you think? Let's get your thoughts.
0: Um, just looking at, you know, Houston, out of the three of those, like, you know, ranked teams that were near upset, Houston's probably the one I expected most to take a, a drop off just because, you know, they lose their – Quentin Grimes was a guy last year, right? Yeah. And so they knew, you know, in crunch time, who are they going to go to? And uh, I can't think of the guy's name right now, but he had some big shots at the end on Tuesday. Uh, Sasser. Sasser. So, uh, yep. Yeah, looks like Sasser is going to be that guy this year. So so he came up big t- for them towards the end of the game. Um, Yeah. Arkansas, it's, it's interesting. Like, because I listened to that three-man weave also. And yeah, they're basically, because like, you had said they were, in your mind, the top team in the SEC. Well, they were like, no, this is like it. If they're using our terminology, which I actually think they do, is they're a tier two team, not not even a tier one or the best in the league.
1: Whoa,
0: yeah. So they're stealing our tiers idea here. I don't like that. I don't like
1: Um, that. Imitation is the purest form of flattery. So,
0: so thank you guys. And then Ohio State's, um, yeah, I didn't barely watch that game, but all I remember was EJ Liddell carried that team, twenty five points, and they got no guard production at all. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't. Know. I think the one the team I'd probably be most concerned about. I think Arkansas will. You you know, if if I'm using your term, I think they'll get right. Houston, I I almost expect them to have some sort of upset like that this year. I don't. They're, I think they're going to take a step back. I think Ohio State is probably the, the team I'm most worried about. Yeah, just cause, if, they, if they get nothing from their guards, they're in big trouble. Because yeah, like did Cedric Russell? He barely played. Was he in foul trouble?
1: He came off the and bench. He, yeah, he, he barely, was a big, barely, not their big impact.
0: He was a big like impact guy that they got this year, and he didn't provide much of a spark. We basically talked about it after Dwayne Washington left. Well, here comes Cedric Russell, so he's going to replace
1: him, or at least do his best, and he didn't. Can we Can we talk about? All right, what do you think Hofstra's? Uh, how do you feel about Hofstra's team nickname? They are called the Hofstra Pride. Do you think they are prideful about that? I didn't know that. Neither did I. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by that. I, I like that they're called the pride. What does that rank with up there with like anteaters and the mean green? I'm kind of here for like, I'm, I'm kind of here for like the things that aren't, um, that aren't plural. Like the mean green is not a, that's not a, they, it's an it, you know, the pride is not a, they, it's an it, you yeah. know, uh, like the Minnesota wild, the, there aren't multiple wilds. There's just, no. it's the wild, you know they're what I mean? Only like, one. So I kind of like that, the, 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 the pride. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I'm I could, here for I, could, I could get down with that.
1: Yeah, same. Perfect. Um, well, I agree with what you said though. I think Ohio State, their their guard play, Severe uh, not Severe Wheeler, uh, Jamari Wheeler was another one of their big kind of transfers. But Jamari Wheeler's not a guy who's going to go get buckets for you. He's a and he wasn't at Penn State either. No, exactly. That's the thing. Is he's not a he's not a scorer. He's gonna get just seven, eight points a game, maybe, and he's gonna he's gonna make his impact on the defensive end of the floor. Um, you know, Malachi Branham might be pushed into being yeah. that guard for them, but I mean he was like a he wasn't a five-star freshman. He was, you know, he's in the, like the 40 to 50 range, which is, is a, is a really nice get. And I think he can be a really good player, but there's a difference between letting Malachi Branham develop and grow at kind of his own pace over the course of a freshman year versus, Hey, you got to be the man for us. You know, we need you to be a double figure scorer. You know, we need you to be a guy that we run stuff for. There's a big difference there, you know? So can he handle that kind of job responsibility immediately? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know did Justice Sewing play in this game? Because I, I don't remember even seeing him play. And he's another guy that, you know, maybe he's a guy that they, they need. I, we're, we're, I don't know where it's going to come from for Ohio State, but I know that they, they're going to need more. Because E.J. Liddell, yeah. I don't think he's a 25-point-a-game guy. He's a yeah. really good player. But you, you need somebody to, to be able to generate offense. It's just the way basketball – you need – news fast, John. In basketball, you need someone who can score.
0: Yeah. And, you know, Suing had two points – in 15 minutes on seven field goals. So obviously
1: not very efficient. No, no, you need more than that. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um And yeah, they're basically just saved by Zed key with his little turnaround hook at the end.
1: Yeah. He was a beast. Oh, yeah.
0: um, let's see. I got a couple more games. Um, just to touch on Bama beats Louisiana tech. Um, it never really had that upset feel that we were sort of hoping for. Uh, and you know, we talked about Bama during conference previous season that like, where's their depth coming from? And they had two guys who, aren't even on like my little cheat sheets that I made in Darius miles and Juwan Gary, who were bright spots. Um, both had double figures in scoring off the bench and are both sophomores. And then let's see, Auburn beats Moorhead State, Another one that just didn't really have that upset feel ever that we were hoping for. No. They're paced by Wendell green, who, if you're wondering which point guard was going to be sort of the guy, it's the Eastern, Eastern Kentucky transfer. Is that, I think that's who it was. Yeah. Um, and they they hold Johnny Broom in check. He had twelve points on fifteen shots, which isn't terrible, but they definitely held him in check. And so they were able to, you know, win pretty handily there too. Um, there was one upset though, Biggs, and that is your Virginia Cavaliers Oof. losing to Navy. The first time ever a team has lost as a one c to sixteen seed that won a national championship the following year, at the following year, canceled due to COVID and then lost to a 13 seed as a four seed, and then followed that up by losing to a military school.
1: In their season opener. Right. A service academy team in their season opener. As a ranked team. As a ranked team. That is... Oh, boy. Do you, can you imagine just being through that much? I know. That's a lot.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I didn't really watch the game, but I heard this on another podcast, like... You know when people are filling out their top 25 forms how much of them putting Virginia in the top 25 is solely on Tony Bennett oh
1: 100 percent yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, I mean it, that's not a that's not a new thing Virginia is not the only school that gets that kind of Tony Bennett's not I guess the only coach that gets that kind of treatment I mean the reason we put Kentucky in the top 10 is because it's Kentucky you know and the reason we put you know Villanova up there. The year after they won the national title, they didn't have anybody coming back, and yet Villanova was ranked in the top five because hey, we think Jay Wright's going to figure it out. Um, you know that that's a thing that that's not uncommon. But yeah, this Virginia team just looks like it's got it's got it's got issues, right? I mean, it's it's just not great, and they're going to rely on their their best player might be a transfer from uh, where's the, where's the big guy coming from? He's coming from somewhere in like the American. I don't even mm-hmm. remember where, uh, man. Or the best player might be Kihei Clark, who's who's five eight and who's never shot better than like thirty six percent from the field. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's just not that's not great. Eastern Carolina, their best player yeah. might be an Eastern Carolina transfer in Jaden Gardner, who had eighteen and ten. But I mean, this is Virginia. This is a team that won the national title the year after being the first number one seed to lose to a sixteen seed. It's a team that's been a high. They've had a lot of success. I mean, you, you might not like watching Virginia play, but, I mean, you can't deny that they've had a ton of success in the last five, six, seven years. You just look at the the names on, you know, the the the, the people filling in the Virginia jerseys right now uh, are not requisite of a team that looks like one that's capable of, of winning a whole lot of basketball games. They scored yeah. 58 points. I mean, 58 points. That might be their season high. That's not
0: ideal. That might be the high in the Tony Bennett era. That's scary. (laughs) Uh, Let's get into some upcoming games here, Biggs. And, um, you know, we sort of talked about some of these in our last podcast, but definitely didn't go into too much depth just because, you know, our our episode was getting long. And so, you know, the first one, probably like the least, the least amount of star power on here, but has a potential for an upset is Alabama against South Dakota State. And, you know, South Dakota State is definitely the class of the Summit League and they have a lot of returning guys. I think they have like three or four returning double-digit scores from a year ago. And then Bama, who you know, they definitely they they could be upset prone considering you know we talked about their depth. And I know I talked about guys who you know stepped up and could fill in that depth, but you never know. So, what do you think about this game?
1: Uh, I mean, I expect Bama to take care of business. I mean, I think from game one, it's only one game, but I guess if we're gonna make overreactions to just one game, that's it's what the we do. media. Alabama. Yeah, exactly. We have to, because if we don't, we're not true podcasters. We can't take ourselves seriously if we're just being, you know, lukewarm on everything. We can't be yeah, a tasteless Box yeah. of Mashed Potatoes, John. We have to be twice-baked potatoes with lots of good Ooh. stuff in them. Um, I think the depth in Alabama, maybe they, they showed, maybe there are more pieces to play in. And I think we, you know, I, I mentioned that we've, we've given Michigan that kind of benefit of the doubt. We're assuming that there are guys in the Michigan program developing and turning into better players. Why can't that be the same thing for Alabama? Why can't they have guys that just didn't get a chance to play last year because Bama had their kind of set rotation? They've got guys who are developing kind of behind the scenes, right, when the lights aren't on. Maybe they have that. Maybe they've got it. And it looks like last night, I mean, you saw, you know, Darius Miles, who was, I think, a pretty decently rated recruit coming out of high school. So, I mean, there is some pedigree there. And Juwan Gary is another guy who, who played a little bit. Keon Ellis was a guy who actually played good minutes. He didn't put up great numbers for them, but maybe they do have more depth than I thought. If that's the case, then, then my, then, then the math for me changes on Alabama. And I, and I do think maybe there's a little more juice there. South Dakota State, as you mentioned, though, is never, is never kind of a schmuck. I mean, they're, they're usually a pretty good team. And I remember last year with that same kind of core that they've got now, almost knocked off West Virginia in an early season kind of non-conference matchup. They're frisky, you know, and the way they play, they've got, they've got old guards now who can play and, and they've got a they've got a couple of kind of high end kind of pieces who are who are not going to be intimidated by you know, Alabama you know the brand so I mean I think there's a chance that that game could be fun I mean I think Bama is the better team so I expect them to win but mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if for 35 minutes that's a good game yeah
0: and then you know. The next one is Oregon hosting SAU. And I'm just interested to see for Oregon how all these new pieces mesh together. You know, they're a team that are a Sweet 16 team from a year ago. And, you know, they return guys, um, you know, Will Richardson. And they had, who is their other guy? I can't even think of his name. Um, the, then they add in Jacob Young from Rutgers. They add in Quincy Garrier from uh, Syracuse. And so it's just going to be interesting to see how this team you know, meshes together early on. I could see this team being one that succumbs to an upset early on in the year um, as players are getting to know each other, but you know, SMU will be a test, but I think Oregon will be able to pull it out.
1: Yeah. I'm excited about this SMU team. I think they've got a chance to be one of the best in the American. I mean, Kendrick Davis is one of the best point guards in the entire country, and he's probably not going to get really any sort of, any sort of pub, but, he he's really good, so I think he you know if he can, he's a guy who can average twenty. and I think he averaged twenty and seven last year for for an SMU team that was was good before COVID just kind of wiped him out. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's you know he he's worth watching. He makes SMU worth watching by himself, and they've got some other pieces too. But you're right. I think I'm I'm really high on this Oregon team. I, I like I like the transfers they added, and I like the pieces that they've got back. They played really small the other night. I think they started basically all of those guards, and they started your guy Quincy Guerrier, the Syracuse transfer, basically at the five. I think yeah. they kind of don't play a true kind of five man sometimes, and they don't need to because I mean you think about the guards. I mean Jacob Young, Will Richardson, Eric Williams, and um, Davion Harmon. That that's a lot, that's a I mean that's a small lineup, but boy, I mean think about trying to defend that group, I and mean, that's got to be tough. Uh, the speed and the pace that that group can kind of play at. And maybe that can mitigate some of the the lack of experience and uh, experience together, at least, and, and some of that stuff. Maybe you can work that out by just saying, hey, you know, to an extent, maybe just roll the ball out and, hey, guys, just just get it and go. You know, I, I think there can be some of that early in the year. They'll round into form. The thing is, whatever version of Oregon we see early in the year, like you said, I think they're going to be pretty good early in the year, but th- I think their ceiling is really high.
0: Um, and then, you know, that leads in, you know, you talked about on our last podcast that, you know, that's basically the JV game for the varsity game. That is Villanova versus UCLA. And it's worth noting, you know, for UCLA, Cody Raleigh did go down with some sort of a injury. I don't know if any sort of uh, timetable has been said about if he's going to miss time. It was like Actually, a sprained
1: MCL maybe?
0: Yes, yeah, sprained knee ligament I'm seeing. He could return in a few weeks, so don't expect to see him. Now, they are a team who, you know, they got Miles Johnson in the transfer portal. So it doesn't really hurt their starting lineup a whole lot because, I mean, those two are basically a hat and a hat, but it could hurt their depth a little bit. Um, but, you know, I think this could be a fun game. You know, Villanova has so much senior leadership back. Going against UCLA, who was a Final Four team a year ago, we are we are, we've talked about them extensively. We don't have to say anything else. So this is gonna be a fun game to watch, and this is gonna be a game that's gonna make me stay up past my bedtime, picks.
1: Yeah, it might be one of those games that forces you on, on Friday. You know, you only work kind of half days. You might want to sneak in a little nap. You might want to try to get a little two to four, uh, you know, mid afternoon siesta, so that you can so that you can be ready for this kind of game because yeah. I do think it's gonna be awesome. I think Villanova is gonna be really really good. Uh, we saw in game one it, again overreaction central here Justin Moore had 27 points and seven assists I would not be surprised if I know all the hype about them is kind of Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels both coming back which was a huge deal I think Justin Moore is ready to take over this team and kind of take on like you know I think in year three Josh Hart I think of Josh Hart really breaking out and becoming like an all-American for them in his third year Uh, I, I could see Justin Moore having a similar kind of breakout. Now he's had two good years as a freshman. He was, he was really good as a sophomore. He was a little bit better. And, you know, kind of like what we talked about with Oshai Baji, you know, Justin Moore's a junior now. He's started for two years. This is his third year. I wouldn't be surprised if Justin Moore is like an 18 to 20 point a game guy and just the man for this Nova team. And, and boy, if he does look out, I mean, you've got Justin Moore, Johnny Juzang, two all Americans on the wing. I think that's, I think that's going to be a hell of a matchup. And, I actually am less worried about Cody Riley's injury, I think than, than you are. I, Miles Johnson is a fine uh, big who can kind of fill in and, and he can play 25, 30 minutes a game and they've got another they got another kid who, who was their backup last year who was is like a Nw- freshman. Nwuba? Is that him No he's a he's more of a guard. They have another big guy though who's just kind of a big goofy looking guy with long hair you know comes mm-hmm. in sets some screens, do some things like that. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they experiment with a little bit of uh, a little bit of kind of small ball on yeah. their own, maybe Hakez kind of plays up a little bit and you can find a way now to get, you can, you can have Tiger Campbell. Who's like six, seven with his hair, you know, uh, Juzang, Jaquez, uh, Peyton Watson and uh, Julius. Um, who, who's the, who's the other swingman for them? Oh, Jules Bernard, Jules Bernard. Yeah. You get all five of those guys on the floor and now no, you don't have a true center, but I guess if there's a team that you could maybe experiment on that against, It'd be Villanova, who doesn't have a five man that's going to to blow you up inside. I wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of a a lineup, maybe experiment that that Cronin tries. I, I don't know. I can see that that could be kind of interesting. I, I really do think that matchup's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah, I do too. And then you know that basically takes care of the Friday night games, and then and then another top five matchup that takes place Saturday evening is Gonzaga versus Texas, which it'll be the first time really being able to see. Chet Holmgren in an actual competitive game, you know they did play Tuesday night, and you know we can just touch on a stat line. And granted, it was against Dixie State, which they're not going to play a lot of teams like Dixie State, but I think it was 14 points, 13 boards, seven rebounds, six assists, and blocks. Yeah, seven. Did I say that seven? Seven? No, 14 points, 13 boards, seven blocks, six. I think I said that
1: yeah maybe yeah. not that's insane uh,
0: yeah and so obviously like i said they're not gonna be playing dixie dixie state very often but it does just show that you know he's got it you know he can score he can protect the rim you know evidenced by his rebounds and his blocks and he can he's got guard skills too evidence evidence by six assists and so yeah, well, i'm sc- not saying he's going to average six assists oh. but I, I i could see a game where he has 10 assists just randomly
1: Yeah, I could too. I mean, he's the complete package. I mean, he's the number one recruit in the country for a reason. I don't think the reason is that he's going to average 22 points a game. I think he's going to probably be like a, like a 12 to 17 points a game. uh, And he's going to average eight to 10 rebounds. He's going to block a ton of shots. I think that's really where I'm most fascinated to see what Chet Holmgren can do transforming the Gonzaga defense. They've never been known as a team that locks you up on the defensive end of the floor. Can Chet Holmgren have that kind of impact for them? Like what, like what Anthony Davis did with Kentucky when they went from a being a good team, he made them a great team. Uh, I think Gonzaga's got plenty of guys who can probably go get buckets. And Holmgren is not a slouch, I and mean, he could certainly score. But I think he's just like a super utility. You don't see this and associate this with number one recruits in the country. You think of Paolo Benchera, who's going to go get 22-10 and 10 relatively easily. You think of Amani Bates, who is going to go from the block to the three-point line without any dribbles and knock down a three-pointer. Pretty easily, right? You don't think of a super utility glue guy who just blends everything together like Holmgren. I think that's where his value is, and I think that's what Gonzaga needs. So, I'm in, I'm intrigued to see what he looks like against against Texas, who has who has a bunch of guards who uh, they've got a bunch of guys in general who are not going to be intimidated by a number one recruit in the country. They're going to say, "Hey, number one recruit in the country, I'm going to go score on you." You know, I, I think that's that I, that's the vibe I get with a lot of those Texas guys. So. I'm intrigued. Both teams are, are incorporating a ton of new pieces, so I don't expect the game to be particularly pretty, uh, but I think it's going to be really entertaining.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, I just have one more game. This is a Sunday game at noon, and this is going to be a game, you know, yeah. you and I are both Vikings fans, and I'm going to have to have a second screen because of this game. And that Could is this be watch- an
1: excuse to not watch the Vikings after all the heartbreak they've... There, there is a yet.
0: chance I will turn off the Vikings game. Yeah. There is a chance for sure. Now... And that is the game of Florida versus Florida State. And um, Keontae Johnson, there's still no word on him. He did not play in their first game. And, you know, Florida, I don't even know who they played, but definitely didn't didn't skip a beat. You know, Castleton, 18, Marion Jones, 18, Appleby, 14. Those are, I mean, those are guys who they're going to rely upon this year, and they did last year as well. And then Florida State, in, again, I didn't really watch that game either, but I know I've heard great things about them that almost like they're their first game was definitely above expectations. Malik Osborne, eighteen points. Anthony Polite, seventeen. Caleb Mills, a transfer from Houston, fourteen points. So it's gonna be a good matchup, especially in. You know, are, are these guys like heated rivals? I know that you think Florida versus Florida State. You think, you think any school, and it's like the state versus like the, like the non-state one. Like it's gonna be a rivalry. Are these two actually like heated rivals or not really?
1: I don't really know, to be honest with you. I feel like in football they probably care a lot more, but I mean they're not in the same conference that they play once a year, right? Hey, I feel like Florida State's kind of dominated Florida in recent years, just because Florida State's been so good and Florida's Florida's good, but I don't. I get the. I'd have to look into history, but I feel like Florida State's won like five in a row in this matchup. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I would believe it. You know, I, I don't know. I, you're right. I had my eyes on that Florida State game last night a little bit. I can't. I can't say I was locked into it because they're playing Penn. And you know, they just they did a very Florida Statey kind of thing where they just kind of overwhelmed Penn. I mean, they forced Penn had twenty six turnovers. Uh, you know, Florida State's going to do that to a lot of people. And you know, they scored one hundred and five points. I mean, some of those numbers. Man. I mean they had they had like fourteen guys play. I mean, the box score you you scroll down, you just like keep scrolling to finally get to the bottom of this thing. Yep, they played so many guys. And I don't know
0: how they're allowed to have this many people on the team.
1: It's extremely Florida Statey. You know, I mean, they've just got they've got a ton of guys that can play. And it's kind of one of those where you know, we've, we've talked about it a bunch already. It's like, I don't know who's going to be on their team, but it's Florida State. So I expect them to probably have no shortage of just big athletic kind of kids who can who can do a lot of good things. Caleb Mills looked OK. Osborne and Polite have been around for a long time. So I expect them to, to have their share of just kind of quality performances kind of lead the way. And then you got a bunch of other Raquan Evans. He's been around for a long time. And can you incorporate some of those other guys like Cam Fletcher and Matthew Cleveland, who's a high rated freshman and, you know, Caleb Mills, who's a, who's a transfer in. So, I mean, all of a sudden you've got, you've got the depth and can somebody separate themselves and become kind of that difference making kind of all conference caliber piece. We're not going to find that out probably on Sunday against Florida, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's uh, it's two teams that are probably like top 40 teams in the country going head to head. So you bet your ass I'm going to watch it. Yeah. All right, base. You have anything else? I don't actually, you know, I would, I think a lot of people expect everyone. I, I think we're contractually obligated to mention how great Tuesday night was and just, man, the intensity, you know, the crowd. Can, uh, did you watch the game? You watch the game on ESPN, right? Which one?
0: Oh, the Champions Classic. The, Duke,
1: the Duke-Kentucky yeah. game? Right, yeah. Are they capable of, I mean, if you were, if, if we were playing a drinking game, take a drink every single time the camera pans to like an ex-Kentucky player. Or like an ex-Duke player. Oh, my or someone God. Famous. What, is so the many obsession? what is the obsession with it? I get it. John Wall's at the game. Okay. Yeah. I get it. Kevin Knox, he went to Kentucky. Cool. Julius yeah. Randle. We get it. Okay. Like, do they have to mention it every single time we come back from commercial? Yes. People are in the in Madison Square Garden watching a basketball game. I don't understand the obsession over it. Oh, my God. I'm,
0: I'm here for it. I'm here for you it. You like it? You love the stars. I love, love star I, yep, I love seeing the, the celebrities in the building, especially when they have ties to the schools. I love it.
1: God, nothing, nothing gets me more excited than watching a player who spent one season at Kentucky with nothing else to do uh, there watching Kentucky versus Duke. Just great times. No, but fans were in the stands. Uh, that was awesome. And, uh, yep. you know, that's something that will be will be enjoyable this year. You know, last year, you're right, college basketball, it is part of, you know, we, we love watching the hoops and the purity of the actual game, which is becoming a little less pure, but it's the pageantry. We love seeing... The, the environment, the NBA environment is not the college environment. And that's one area that college has still has an advantage that was stripped away from us last year. And without it, we just had 18 to 22 year olds who aren't as good at basketball, playing basketball. Now we get the environment back. And I think that is going to enhance the product. Yeah.
0: All right. Now, yeah, I know that at the end of our last show, we said it would be like a week from then, but that we'd record our next one. But then I texted big today. We both had a day off because of Veterans Day. And so we just said, "Hey, let's put one more out." And then, I mean, otherwise, I think we we probably had like a two hour episode on Sunday, to be honest, with all
1: the yeah. Games I, mean, that we I had think there's. Time. I think this is a great lesson for for all of our listeners to learn. Be be flexible, people. Yeah, be willing to change your mind on things. Be flexible about stuff. Don't be so rigid in your schedule. Be willing to call an audible every once in a while. I think that's what that's what allowed us to produce this kind of magic. I mean, boy, I'm telling you, that two three minutes where our internet went down, the podcasting, the level there. top-notch i think that level was 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 still b plus a minus quality in in, you know this half hour that we've kind of salvaged this whole thing that couldn't happen without us being flexible and open-minded and willing to do different things so uh, hats off to us
0: yeah
1: all right let's get out of here bye